Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Detroit News, Lions beat writer Justin Rogers. Whenever I'm bored out of my mind and I've hit the end of the internet and I've got just nothing, nothing else to do, I listen to Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 264. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, brother? Chris, I'm really great. I know that uh, I've mentioned this a couple times, but um, I've got a new girlfriend now, and, and uh, there's a little bit of a love in the time of Corona thing going on here, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, it's not the first time Corona's led to love. All right, well, uh, we'll talk about that. We had a lot to talk about today. Um, the Riz man, he can't make it. He had a last-minute uh, commitment pop-in that uh, took him away from joining us, but we still got you covered. Worry not, my friends. We are here to make your day brighter, better, and whatever else we can do. All right, so we're going to cover the draft. We're going to cover each each signing in the draft today. We're going to couple, cover a couple of the UDFA guys. We're going to leave the deeper, bigger, um, harder discussion of the draft for uh, the next the, the next show. We've got a couple of Senior Bowl guys we want to go into there, and uh, I definitely want to have Riz along for that because a lot of Senior Bowl journey stuff. Um, so we got a lot of that. we got uh, some cuts, free agency, a whole lot going on, a whole lot to talk about. we got a great show lined up. Case, are you ready to go? Oh, my man i'm getting screwed more than the lions oh my god are you saying you you moved up to draft love let's kick this off and break it down <laughs> all right check us out and help us out on the patreon special thanks to dylan from Guam. that's right and of course the very first donor mathis also brian b brian burkheiser from i prevail Big, big friend. Love this guy. Uh, check him out, iprevailband.com. And when they get back on the road, don't worry, we are still going to show up at LCA and hang out. Riz, myself, uh, the Brian guy, the whole thing. They're a great band. They're awesome stuff. They do really, really good good music. And uh, I have a feeling they're getting driven back into the studio soon because of this whole thing. So we'll hear more on that later. Uh, let's see. Brian B. You talked to him. Uh, Patreon. Patreon is how we get together with all these guys. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. They, uh, they head over. 
and uh, they do a donation as little as a dollar a month, maybe sometimes a little more. And uh, they hang out and they get access to the Slack chat, which is I just installed the new Packers bot. The, 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 the boys in the chat found it. It's uh, a, a real hilarious little addition. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. We uh, you, you get a dollar a month, a little more. If you feel like you're feeling uh, generous and, and you want to support the show a little more, you can do that. You'll get access for, to the Slack to hang out with us. Most intelligent lions chat on the Internet. I crap you not. That is the absolute truth. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Thank you, everybody who's a part of that now. And uh, it is an absolute barrel of monkeys. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast. What else would it be? Check us out on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see case. Having a really hard time keeping his pants on. <laughs> Trade it up for the subscribe on YouTube. He didn't know that was coming. Now he's got to explain it. So explain it later. It's going to make for some awkward conversations. Uh, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, all those places, wherever you find us. Give us those five-star reviews. We thank you. Thank you all for doing that and love those reviews. Lastly, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. <sighs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about the fun and exciting things going on this week in Reddit. And uh, for the folks on YouTube, sorry about that. I gotta, I gotta get that audio on those lowered for you guys and louder in my my headset. I'll work on that. I won't blow yours out next time. I promise. Uh, all right, let's talk about what's going down. First off, I guess. I don't know, Case, a couple of people are talking about this this draft thing that I guess happened over the weekend. Did you hear about that? Mm, caught a little bit. Yeah. Huh. Heard a buzz. A buzz, yeah. I definitely, definitely <laughs> caught a buzz about the draft yeah. this weekend. Holy guy. Hey, you a couple guys, times. You guys in the, the super <laughs> chat pouring the dang uh, Jägermeister down my throat. My goodness. Mm. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, I did absolutely. We, you know, we wound up with, I think it was 10 hours, 10 and a half hours of broadcast time total between the, the first three rounds. Had a lot of fun. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Got a lot of good feedback, but um, it was it was really a blast. Had a good time. But I got to tell you, it is mentally exhausting. And uh, I, I on Saturday, especially after the stupid Jaeger guys did, um, <laughs> I wound up sleeping until two in the afternoon. <laughs> before we even got started so oh, and you, you woke up to pinicini i, I, I did <laughs> in, in your eye. face on your phone <laughs> everywhere hit me with the alerts <laughs> yeah so it was, it was a great second day we'll talk about um john a little bit later <laughs> and uh we'll have some fun with that i'm certain we will i mean my immediate reaction before anything was you know we used to have harry colin on the team and uh, the below the waist jokes are back on the menu, boys. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about the draft. We'll talk a lot about a little bit. I think the first thing I want to uh, want to hit on is uh, Bob Quinn. That son of a bitch. He did it. He, he freaking did it. After all that explanation and discussion about how there's no way he's going to get away with his draft to get any credit for it, and anyone's going to be happy. Even the subreddit, which has been a little bit a uh, little bit of toxic lately. Is like over the moon about this. Are you are you kidding me? This are you kidding me here? This is this is this is crazy. He he out 
outthought us again on this and 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 he outthought most of the fans it was great um we'll talk about some of the stuff he did where he outthought us and it took a while to catch up with mr quinn so uh good stuff for him really really love that thanks dale um thanks lactos and talent for all the great stuff in the in the uh and the messages and Carter, how you doing, man? Uh, I saw you flying by. There's a lot going on. I didn't get to, to say hey last time. Thanks for joining us again. Um, all right. So we're going to get right into it. Bob Quinn did it. What I, I kind of want to do the grade first. Everyone does all the talking and, and, and kind of use, you know, buries the lead. Um, if you were to have to give a letter, letter grade right now, case, and let me make you case because I hit mm-hmm. as um, Riz on the, on the cam. Um, if you were to give him a grade right now, where would you grade Bob Quinn's uh, 2020 NFL draft? Well, this is going to make some people upset because I'm I'm not going to give him an A plus grade. Um, okay, real quick before I say what I, I'll grade him as, I think that uh, short of um, power rankings, which I love, that draft grades are just about the most useless like thing in NFL media. That doesn't mean they're not fun, and doesn't mean I don't enjoy them because mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. I do. But it's it's you know. We haven't seen any of these guys play a down. We have no idea how many of them will uh, get hurt. We have no idea, like no matter what team it is. And I, uh, we have just have no idea what these guys will bring to the NFL right now. We can speculate and I appreciate that. And that's exactly why we do what we do. We enjoy the speculation, um, but it's pretty worthless. Now, having said that, okay, so I think... I'm sitting somewhere around a B and B plus. Now, unlike many other people who give out grades, I'm not handing out a pluses to, there might be one team and, and you guys might not want to hear what team that is that I would give an A. No, <laughs> 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 that I would give an A plus to. Um, and considering the, the bears are the bears, you guys could probably use a, you know, a logical deduction on this one. But, um, I, I like somewhere between a B and a B plus, And that's like, truly that is really solid. I think it's above average. I think it is. I think he did uh, what he was able to do with what he was given. Uh, we all know about the, the non offers for trade down situations. Um, so I'm not, I'm not trying to knock him for that, but at the same time, would, would that have boosted his grade if he was able to do that? Of course it would have. Um, so, I mean, like he, that's not a negative on him. It's also just not a positive on him. Um, and so I like a lot of what we saw. There are still some major question marks. So it's a B plus, and I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I, and I think fans should be happy with that uh-huh. because I, I think less than half of the teams in the league get a B or B or higher from me. Yeah. That's fine. I might be a more lenient grader, but I gotta I gotta refer to Riley Dawson's comment just now in the in the uh, chat. He said Packer, Packers drafted what Rodgers was lacking from his family. Love. Mm. Uh, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> Whenever it burdens deep, I love it. It's been a real nice like few days here, even in, in Vikings territory, listening to everybody rag on the Packers. So yeah, I've yeah. been getting plenty of enjoyment out of it. So I may be an easier grader, but I'm really happy with the the draft that bob quinn had he did some and and normally i'll tell you what he did some things that would shake me had he not done them as well as he did in this Mm -hmm. draft so i'm I'm pretty impressed um he didn't do a green bay you know right we had actually a a a lot of picks we weren't sitting there like chicago (laughs) um he, he he did really really well the trade down scenario is something we definitely need to talk about it wasn't there 
You know, uh, no. the Chargers. The Chargers were like, oh, if if we'd have taken Tua, they'd have taken Herbert. They were fine with either one. They were not going to move for one guy or the other. And they said it. They said it. You know, there in the. Uh, um, and then uh, well, it's today. It was today. Uh, Riz had a, a tweet about it, and I wanted to go deeper with him with him on that. But they said straight up, they they weren't going anywhere because that's they were waiting for their guys. There was no partner to trade down with that was going to give us the kind of uh, ammunition we needed out of a, our first round pick. And so you look at how this team was set up. Everyone says it's either edge or it's cornerback that this team needs. And I think I'm going to just take us right into the the picks. I gave him an A minus, by the way. Um, it was either an edge or a corner that we need, and mm-hmm. we didn't trade, we didn't move, wasn't available. We wouldn't have gotten a top tier one of those if we'd have left from three. I know a lot of people liked uh, Derek Brown. I think he was a reach at three. I think you're you're, you're going down and you know not getting what we need um, for the value for the pick. And we wound up with Jeff Okuda, who I like even more after seeing his. Uh, interview. He is a real smart, down to earth kid. Really, he he just doesn't, you know, when he was he he was very few word answers when the media was quizzing him. He wasn't giving him anything. He seems to fit right in with everything that we're looking for here, and and I really like that. And the frank and honest truth is, our number one corner just came in the draft. Period. And that, that's an important piece of this this defense, an important piece of the tool set for this defense, and we nailed it right there. I think I, I give an absolute A for Jeff Okuda at three for the Lions. We don't have to grade all these grades, you know, uh, as we go down, Case, but where are you at? I mean, you were there. We were there together when we picked Okuda. You seem to be pretty happy with the pick as well. Yeah, and it was, I mean, I think it was who we expected, and in a good way and not in a bad way. It was, it was the best player available by almost consensus, not consensus. You're once you get past uh, young there, you're not going to get a consensus pick. Mm-hmm. There's Simmons, there's Brown, but it, pretty close. The, the majority of, of everybody who covers the draft, the majority of fans, um, it seems like pretty much everybody was in, in agreement that Okuda was the best player available. Uh, there's a few things that I really like about him. Uh, maybe my favorite off-season moment that he had was when the uh, reporter asked him earlier on this off-season uh, how he explained his sloppy play and his penalties. He was like, what what penalties? No, I really liked his response to that. He wasn't about to, you know, let the dude just, you know, get away with, with running him over. Um, and it, and it absolutely is true that he is very, that he had a very solid year in terms of committing almost no, I'm not sure if he had any penalties, he certainly didn't have any uh, pass interference or defensive holding penalties. Um, and that's something that I think is, different for what we're used to. And I talked about this during our live show, during the draft, uh, during the first round, he is somewhat possibly the antithesis to slay in terms of we're likely to see fewer big plays, but we're also likely to see fewer penalties. And if you go back through, and I went back through all the way back in through slay's career, he was leading near 
leading the team almost every season in penalties against the team. And especially when a lot of those were defensive uh, pass interference penalties, he was costing the team a lot in those. And, then, and, and once again, I want to say that I'm not trying to drag Slay down. He was a great yeah, player. No, 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 I'm not getting that out of you. But, but if you're looking for an area of, of improvement in some areas, while you might see some, some degradation in others, that's where you can look. That's one thing you can look at. Um, how that will translate to the NFL is always a question because who knows if he'll be able to hold on to that in the NFL. But there's certainly reason to hope. I've also had a, I had a conversation on Reddit and it opened my eyes just a little bit. I've always considered uh, cornerback to be one of the riskier positions to take in the first round. And I've always considered it to be one of the positions taken early in the first round or anywhere in the draft to be one of the most difficult to make the transition immediately to the NFL. And I'm not completely off of that point, but I did have a conversation that, that pointed me towards that most of the first round, about half of the first round uh, cornerbacks who've been taken over the last decade have been successful in their first year. Mm-hmm. And so it, while I was willing to, at, at a, and I would still be to a certain point because if he doesn't prove it year one, he still has a few more years to prove it. Um, I'm not going to try to run him out of town, but I do think there that you're allowed to have some level of expectation or hope or optimism, however you want to phrase it for yourself, that he can come in immediately and, and be either the number one or very solid number two while he's growing into the role mm-hmm. so i like that yeah no absolutely uh, i think i think he's he's as they're saying you know in the chat right now he was the kind of consensus can't miss prospect safest pick whatever um him and chase young were the two guys joe burrow is the guy you want if you need a quarterback but chase young and um and jeffrey okuda were the two guys that were at the top of the list there so i'm glad we got Jeffrey Okuda. I'm, I'm glad Jeff is on our team. I think he's going to do a lot for this defense at the cornerback position. We actually have, you know, players now and we have depth. It's mm-hmm. really, really good for us. We're, we're, we're all set. Our, I think our secondary stands tall right now. And, um, we can talk a little bit about, um, something I haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about in the UDFA place. Uh, and we'll talk about Jalen Elliott later, but he was, he was at the senior bowl coached by, um, our coaches. He was on the North sure. team, so there may be something there. And that's one of the things we're, we're looking at as, as we go through here. What did the Senior Bowl mean to this team in the draft this year? So we'll hit on that along the way. Um, one last thought, one last thought. And, and I should be crediting the, whoever it was I was talking on, on to this about on Reddit. Um, and I don't remember who it is, and I don't have it pulled up right now. Uh, but it's also worth noting that he plays the style of defense that we want a corner to play. That was and that, that fit earlier. is the fit is ideal in terms of the potential for him to actually contribute as a, as a rookie. And that's, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say when you started. Um, he, he, he does a press and he did it without getting a bunch of penalties, mm-hmm. right? Slay was more of a ball hawking kind of guy and, uh, and it isn't quite the same kind of fit for the defense it, it, this very well depending how he plays this fear could this first year this could even be an upgrade just as far as the way he fits better into compared that compared to how Slade played yeah. last year it yeah. very well could be yeah so we'll watch that again Slade did what Slade did on the way out um it, whatever he does he does right I, I I like Slay the guy the Slay 
Alex Slade, the player. He, player, and, and, yeah. yeah and I knew what you meant. He seems to have a fun personality, <laughs> but uh, he, he really messed up there. Yeah, Joe, yeah, I caught myself on the Jeffrey thing. We thought it was, he would like Jeffrey for so long, and it's kind of been ingrained in my brain. I'll, I'll, I'll get that fixed. All right, let's move on to the round, the second round. Because you weren't there. Were you, you weren't there for the second round pick, were you, Case? Or did you react to it when you called Well, them? I you called in for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I remember exactly what point that was. All right, so in the second round, the Lions surprised us all. And, and, I, and I had to tell you, I spent probably five minutes, ten minutes after it, kind of just scratching my head, having to process what had happened. And this is where Bob Quinn just outthought everybody. There is not a soul in Lions world that thought we were going to take a running back at number two at that position. It was all over. We're going to get an edge guy, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought edge. How can we walk out with a draft with a high grade from you and a high grade from me and from just about everybody you look around and see and say he picked the consensus different position than everybody said he should pick second overall in the draft? That's that's you have to think about how amazing that actually is. This played out actually really well. We got the best running back in the draft in the second round, and um, that. That seems like a pretty good play now, considering the rest of the boys we got in the uh, in the, as picks this year. What do you think, Rick Case? Well, it was the beginning, and we'll talk about this more with some later picks. But it was the beginning of showing a plan, um, mm-hmm. and that's something I like. Even if I wasn't, even if I wasn't over the moon right off the bat, what he did later on to show that this is. That there is a that there is obviously a a, a plan that they want to put into place here, um, that they want to make some changes, but they know exactly what those changes are and they know how they want to get to those changes. Makes this pick make a lot more sense to me than it did right off the bat. I still have question marks in terms of, but not not necessarily to knock the pick, but I have a lot of question marks in terms of who's going to make the roster and who's not, maybe more interestingly, because we have a crowded running back room right now. We've got quite a few guys who play very specific roles. It's very hard to see them moving on from carry on Johnson already mm-hmm. uh, this year, unless he really bombs in the off in the preseason and all that. But especially given the situation that we're under right now, it's hard to see that the only way I could, you know, I it's possible maybe he would be worth trade value, but that seems pretty ludicrous at the moment too. Yeah. Um, so you're, have to assume, and I do like what DeAndre Swift does uh, as a player, and I think that he does have a lot of similarities on the field that both of our last two second-round running backs have, uh, Abdullah and Carrion. He's got great cuts. He's got great explosion. He doesn't necessarily have the top-end speed, but he but he hits his mark hard and surprisingly hard, I think, to a lot of people. And I do think that he has better vision maybe than than Abdullah did. I'm not sure if he has better vision than Carrion, but I also think that he also he has a much better bill of health than Carrion does. So I think if you are able to play both of those guys, and I do think that he's more of a inside guy than Carrion is. I think Carrion is a little bit better out out towards the edges. Um, and if if you feel differently, please let me know and, and tell me I'm wrong about that. But I do think there is, while there is a, sk- a similar skill set between the two, there is some complementary factor to them. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I will tell you who will not be making the team. I love Zach Zander. Um, he's just not going to be there this time. Sorry, Case. Um, Sorry. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I think this is this winds up being a great pick. It, the the focus, the the kind of um, oh, what's it called? Uh, target fixation that we had with the edge roll really blew everybody's mind. It blew me, blew me completely away when we went with with uh, Swift there, and uh, confusing. I mean, I wasn't even my board wasn't even like lean i wasn't even scouting that way right i just didn't, mm-hmm. even, didn't even look in that direction it was crazy um but it did it did really well guy looks like he's gonna run run hard for this team you're right it does shake up the uh the um the, the running back room who's not gonna make the team um we'll talk about another running back pick that adds to that right now and adds to the confusion there and uh, some of the stuff but you know what there's one thing to be said it's not bad to be a team that has to cut good players and it's a place yep. we're not used to being. And hopefully we'll see more of that as we go forward. Uh, and and not because we're a whole team of tight ends and we have to cut the worst of all the tight ends like in Chicago. All right. Uh, what do they have? Ten tight ends now, Case? <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's actually 11 on the roster, isn't there? Maybe maybe 10. Maybe I'm <laughs> inflating that. But <laughs> No, it's 10. They needed one more to fill to have a full yeah, tight end. Right. Yep, that's right. What it okay, was. you're right. Okay. You're right. All right. So DeAndre Swift in the second. Um, we got carry on Swift as uh names in the running back room that kind of feels good right that feels like we're, we're mm-hmm. at least getting the right the names right mm-hmm. and uh we'll see how that goes after that um let's see we'll move on now to pick number three and i saw it in the chat this could be one of the the most sneaky good picks we got in the draft um guy who's gonna have a higher rent bill than most rookies this year julian aquara mm-hmm. uh you may have heard of him uh, Romeo Quora's Well, I brother. recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got the brothers on the team going, and um, it looks like he's from Notre Dame. He's going to be the guy for the edge. I think the one knock on him is his run defense, but his pressure and coverage uh, seems to stand out as, as, as really, really strong. This is a guy, as, as was said earlier, uh, could just be pretty sneaky good for us. And we got him at number 67 overall, top of the third round, or third in the third round. Um this feels like a good place to get a good value out of a guy. And I think, mm-hmm. I think we just nailed it, didn't we? Yeah, and I'm not sure that day one he's going to be the pass rusher we want him to be just because I'm not sure that he has quite the strength yet. But he's got the frame to build into uh, uh, that's the strength uh, to combo with his size and lankiness and speed to eventually be... A, so- a very solid contributor. And, and I don't know that we actually needed a true guy like Chase Young. Not, not that I would have not taken Chase Young, right. but to improve this pass rush, we need more players to put in the rotation that can, that can do something and he can do something. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 while I wouldn't put my expectation of him getting more than five sacks this year or anything like that, getting five sacks this year would not be a huge surprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, the chat's just on top of this, right? Don's in there. Uh, QB pressure chats are off the chain for him. Yeah, he's got some really, really great stats. He slipped through the cracks for a lot of people, I think. He wasn't on the, uh, on the radar as much as maybe they thought uh, mm-hmm. to have him there. And I'm going to tell you another little piece that, that makes this a, a sneaky good pick. If we have a truncated preseason this year or training camp, and there's not a lot of time for us to get this, uh, the practice in ahead of time, 
to have a brother on the same defense to work with on this gets him up to speed a whole yeah. lot faster than a, a raw rookie who doesn't know anybody walking into that room. He's got that resource literally every day when he goes home. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And those boys, I mean, you think about how brothers work, right? You either fight like cats and dogs or, you know, you get along and you, and you got that, that support each other thing. I, uh, two guys who have never played on the same team before, I guess, are now mm-hmm. playing on the same team. And uh, there to really support each other and help each other out. This is this is a really really good positive play for for the Lions. I think it's a smart move. He's sneaky good, and he's got a lot of support to get him up and running. So I think this was a, a great pick. Uh, we did pick again in the third round, and we picked a fella out of OSU, and um, there's the Senior Bowl. Yeah, he, he's a guard. You may have heard that we were down a guard. Um, Scott W. Uh, we're missing. Uh, he lets us know we're missing uh, Graham Glasgow. I should have signed him as often as he can. And we got a guard <laughs> to replace him in Jonah Jackson. Uh, again, 75th overall pick. Uh, third round towards the end there. Uh, this was one of the Slay picks that we got. One of the, the, the picks we got in return for Slay. Um, and now we have a guard. And I'm, I think we're going to talk about the, another guard here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that I think now it, it went by in the chat a, a while ago. You talk about this, a team who hasn't had depth for a long time, or at least not quality depth for a long time. We're going to talk about today how at quarterback in the secondary, we've got some depth at running back. We've got depth and now guard. It looks like we're going to have dual rotating guards case at, uh, for this team. And this is really interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, and, and it's hard to talk about him without also talking about the next pick at the same time. But here, but uh, what I'll say is that a lot of people really saw him as a very quality player, especially in the pass game, uh, which is where the the slight surprise of it is. But it, it's uh, versatility that he has to to uh, play center if we'd ever need a center. Uh, so we've got kind of a, a large group to battle it out in the off season, you know, however much battling there will actually be this off season is tough to tell. Um, but if they get to that point and they're able to get on the field enough to figure out who's, who's ready to step into what role and whether or not we're going to see any, you know, um, any packages with the offensive line, <laughs> um, we might see a little bit of flexibility in the offensive line in terms of different guys playing at different times more than you usually see. Because unlike the defensive line where it's all about rotation, all about keeping guys fresh, usually on the offensive line, you're looking at consistency. That may be something we see a little bit, get a little bit odd for the Lions this year in comparison to what most teams normally see is that we might see a few guys rotate in and out on the offensive line. Yep. And again, I love you guys in the, in the, um, in the chat. Uh, it, it was brought up. The Cowboys used to do it to run play calls in. I mean, we have radios mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And we don't need to do that, but it's, it's just an opportunity to bring other, uh, communication and have other things happen as well and give us different looks and, and set things up. Daryl Bevel is a, he is a, um, what's the word? Strategic. Uh, offensive coordinator in that he mm-hmm. likes to set defenses up and set their expectations and then flip the script on them. And he does it in a number mm-hmm. of different ways. And having rotating guards 
gives him an opportunity to do that. Oh, these guards are in. It's going to be a run play. And then Matthew Stafford drops back. Right. Right. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to change a lot of different things up and really screw with people's tendencies. And as a Lions fan, we've had a couple teams tell us that they knew our playbook, especially in the Cooter years, which you think about hand and um Penasini <laughs> and, and Cooter, all the same team. This could have been just, just this could have really devolved into a mess. So it's probably good that Cooter's gone from that perspective as well. But um, we're we're in a place where we have a guy who who thinks completely different than that, and really uses the tendencies of teams to follow your tendencies to screw them up. I really like this look. I like what this does to us. It again gives us depth on the offensive line. We know how important that is. A four-guard rotation is really, really interesting. Gets guys up to play, gets them in position. You have an injury. The other guy's ready to go right then. There's nothing to learn. He can, he, he, you can run with him and go uh, without a, a significant drop-off. It's just, it's just, it's a position we've not been in before, right? We've, we've not been in this right. place. And if you think about this, other thing about Daryl Bevel, the trash O-line that he worked with to win a, with and won a Super Bowl with in Seattle and was competitive with so, so many years in Seattle is really, really, really a big deal, right? It's something to think about with, with this team. We're given the offense. We're given Matthew Stafford the protection that he needs. We're uh, given the offense some weapons here. We're setting up the defense. This is, this is, this is what makes this draft so good. Not only was, it, you know, these picks – uh, in some cases, unexpected, but top picks, they're top picks at positions of need. We needed a running back. Let's face it straight up. We needed a number one running back. I love carry on, but I don't believe that he can necessarily carry this offense on his back. He hasn't shown that yeah. he can do it for a whole season. Now we take some of the pain off of him. We put in another guy, a number one consensus running back. All of a sudden we have two guys like that and some of the other players we have changes the whole calculus on this. This is a new spot. For Lions fans to see this team in. This is really, really good. All right. Um, is it okay if I move on to our first yep. pick in the fourth round? Okay. It is another guard. Um, a guy, uh, you may see the the podcasts roll by in the back. They're normally, I kick them out of the room, but they wanted to hang out today. So if you hear them, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, another guy. This guy uh, eats dirt, chews on nails, and loves to get dirty. And uh, that's how you get a running game. And that and good running backs. Uh, Logan Stenberg uh, out of Kentucky. Uh, also a senior bowl player, if you'd like to know. Although Stenberg played for the South team. He wasn't uh, coached by uh, Patricia. They did get to spend some time with him and uh, get to know him a little bit. Also, I saw some interesting, um, uh, an interesting a piece of factoid come up that I'm trying to roll to. Uh, the Bills looked like they were trying to trade up for Stenberg. And, um, oh, there they went <laughs> and they, uh, they didn't get him. So there was definitely some, some, um, appetite for this guy out there. He looks like, again, if I, if I were to sit here and look at this just on paper, we haven't seen them on the field. We haven't seen them really roll it out, but already I'm looking at guys through our fifth pick, which is a fourth round pick guys who could start on this team based on the quality of players they are and the need on the lions. This feels like another really, really good pick case. Well, this is what I was talking about when I was talking about the plan that it seems like Bob Quinn has. And the plan is to improve the pa- uh, excuse me, improve the run game while setting up uh, a play action because we know Stafford is solid at play action. And if if we can 
push the run in more obvious situations. Okay, so like you said, you want to be able to give that versatility that you can change things up. You also have to be able to set the precedent to set that up. This is the guy that helps them do that. This is the guy that helps set the precedent that we can run the ball and we can run the ball effectively. We can get three, four, five yard chunks on first and second down. And and that's what we want out of this guy. And that's what we want out of him, a combo of him and Ragnow and, and uh, Vitae and, and Decker and that's what we can do under Darrell Bevel's offense. And we've seen Darrell Bevel run really good short yardage gain type, not necessarily the most explosive, but short yardage gain offenses. And if they can consistently do that, it really sets up what they already do very well in the play action to another level. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it does something else. It puts a commitment down that this team has talked about for years, but hasn't been able to deliver. And that's a commitment to a run. To a and run they game. started it last year. Yeah, they, they started, started it, it last year. But they haven't year. been able to do it. And I'm going to tell you that, uh, okay, there's a good one in the chat I have to get to. I, I, I have to tell you that um, we've lost uh, uh, games. I think a lot of the games we've lost um, are because we can't run the ball. We can't maintain possession. We can't run the clock. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and it, com- it comes down directly to that because we have to pass. We run the clock quick. We give them all kinds of time. And the fact that we led every game last year except one was a case. Mm-hmm. We had a lead in every game but Something one. Something like that. Yeah, and we only won three games is definitely part of that goes to clock ownership and and ball control being able to run the ball and own that game and run the other team down when you need to grind that clock out is key and we're getting that we're building that and this this draft shows a real commitment to doing that now there's a question in the chat that i want to get tony fall uh he's asking case at vrabel's house was that you taking the dump in the uh, reflection there i'll never tell crack <laughs> <laughs> me up. um so yeah he's got he's you know mr nasty i think he, he was selling shirts on that um real big real big kind of guy um yeah steve oh you're right dominic rayola 2.0 in guard form but much larger so uh big big Big, big, mean, gritty stuff. Love that. Love that kind of stuff to help us really grade things out and get that that uh, run. All right. Uh, real quick, just want to tell you guys, um, not just for insomnia, not just for pain. You want to recover from working out, you get that CBD going. It's a great way to remove those terrible things from your life uh, gives you a sense of calming and uh, a sense of pain freeness. And uh, it's a really great way to go. Plus. You can still operate motor vehicles and do the things you need to do because it doesn't give you that that high. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over, takes you to Diamond CBD. They've got a lot of great products, the, the, the oil slash tincture stuff. They've got gummies. They've got um, uh, lotions that you can use, all kinds of great stuff uh, they can use for you know topical at the point of need. Uh, great, great stuff. They have Lawrence Taylor branded stuff that he's out there with. They got Chong. Of course, Chong, right? Chong's got to be in anything. Uh, quality product. Again, I found it uh, trying to help my mother-in-law out with some some pain you have when you get older into your golden years and um, found this stuff and, and, and found it to be very Are you talking efficacious. about you or her? You <laughs> 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 trained it up for love. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um you get to that point and, uh, you know, you, you could use a little help. It's good stuff. Uh, keeps you calm, keeps you, helps you sleep, do all the things that you want. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They do give us a kickback when you use that. But, um, again, we don't 
talk about stuff that we don't use on the show. So we just wanted to make sure that uh, we told you guys about that because it's something that's that's working well and uh, works works for me. So there you go. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you can't sleep, get some help. All right. So let's move on. Next pick. This was one that was at first quite controversial because people didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then the first thing people looked at was his 40 time and started throwing their mm-hmm. hands up and going, ah, right. But the more tape they saw and the more review they heard. And when Jeff Okuda came out and said he was the toughest guy that he had to cover um, playing for Ohio State. People started taking no notice. Uh, I almost said Nofus because his name is Quintez Cephas, right? Cephas? It's not Cephas. Is it Cephas or Cephas? <clears throat> we'll have to see. I think it's Cephas, but you're I'm right. not sure. You're right. We'll have to Cephas. Uh, wide receiver out of Wisconsin. Um, here's a guy. Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> here's a guy. Um, has kind of look the look and the attributes of like an Anquan Bolden. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying he is, but boy, Anquan Bolden did really, really well in his time with Matthew Stafford here. Mm-hmm. And and for a while after he was gone, we were like, we need an Anquan Bolden back in this <laughs> offense, right? Um, what do you think of this pick? I've, I've again, I've, it's taken a little bit of extra um, diving on this guy for me. Even as a Big Ten football watcher, I didn't see him enough to really stand out. But his tape, he looks like a strong player. He looks like a good player at this position. Okay, so just to kind of go back to what I said initially about the grade I gave Bob Quinn, it wasn't so much to me in any way that I didn't like the picks he made. It's the picks he didn't make and the the things he didn't address. And unfortunately, that's where this one comes in a little bit for me. I I like the pick. I like the player. And I think the, the 40 time is overrated. Uh, if you can, if you can body, every, you know, contested catch you're throwing your way. I don't care, you know, but uh, we've struggled a bit. (laughs) We know in the past with separation um, and what we still don't have, what we still don't have on this team is a speedster uh, other outside of Ty Montgomery, who we're not even sure is going to make the roster this year. Um, Well, I should say that we also, you know, our next pick might fill some of that role too, but um, but we don't have an outside wide receiver who can truly take the top off. No. And, and and I don't, I don't, I don't see this as that kind of guy. I see this as a guy who gets open with his ability to run routes and, and move. Uh, Mm -hmm. Look, I talked a lot about KJ Hill rest his soul, uh, who went to the chargers and the chargers, I think have got a great player in, in KJ. He fell. They got, I think they got the steal of the draft actually with that pick. And I'm not the only one who, who thinks that, um, but uh, Cephas is a guy who, in the slot, who also can sit down, can move, can make – he gets his separation not with speed, but with how he moves his body. Um, very, very good opportunity for this kid in this offense. And he's going to get to spend some time with Danny Amendola, right, who, mm-hmm. who actually ran a slower 40 time. As I remember it, sure. Then Cephas, and I do think I do think the place we initially play him is slot, um, and I do actually agree to some degree with the uh, the hopeful, the optimistic comp to what Anquan Bolden was able to do here because God, we loved having a big body dude in the slot yep. that could just punish people for short yardage, um, take the get the ball and drag him a few yards. You know that was that was massive for us for converting third downs when he was here, and and I loved that, and even some touchdowns where he would just able 
able to outreach a guy because they, you know, they were prepared for that big of a guy to be playing at that position. And if he's able to do that, I, I'm I'm certainly a hundred percent on board with that. I, I, you know, we all hoped that that would be a role taken over by tight ends, and we just haven't been able to quite pull that off. That doesn't mean we won't also hopefully see more tight of the tight ends this year, uh, with hopefully you know uh, uh, Hawkinson being healthy, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about another guy later. But um, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt, especially since, like you said, we've seen what Stafford was able to do with a player like that of that size in that position. And so I would love to see him in some packages there. And he's an outstanding blocker. OK. And so so let's just think about this for, for, for a little bit. You get yourself a. Um, oh, I should have mentioned Hall. We do still have Hall and he's a bit of a burner. I'm not sure where yeah. he's going to end up yeah. uh, on the team for us, but. So you 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 play him the slot. He's he's outstanding at blocking the slot. You have Hawkinson. You put Hawkinson and Cephas, and you got Galladay and um, Marvin on the outside, right, running their routes. You really can throw or run or anything you want at that point. You pick on the physically weakest DB at that point right. because all four of those guys have the physical tools to outbeat anybody in a contested catch but having a bunch of guys out there that can block and the running back pool we have right now now doesn't tell you that when one of these guys is on the field that we're absolutely going to run or we're absolutely going to pass mm-hmm. and i think the next player in the draft help helps feed into that that piece gives us some some where we can run the same formation and get completely different results as far as play goes. And I think that's going to be a little bit difficult for defenses out there as well. And I think that's kind of the strategy that's going to help Marvin and Galladay get some of the separation that maybe they weren't otherwise, because we didn't have a tight end threat really for a long time. We didn't have a run threat really for a long time. It was it was at that point then pretty easy to defend your two wide receivers out there, right? This gives mm-hmm. us a whole different ball of wax to deal with from the defensive side of the ball, and uh, I really like it. the The fact that he can block so well means yeah. means a whole lot, and that's one of the reasons why I really do think he is going to wind up in the slot at least for the first year, um, is and, and barring injury on uh, Galladay and and Marvin. And uh, the rest of the guys out there, but we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, I think he the the plan for him is to stay in the slot, uh, do do the Amendola training camp routine this year, and uh, kind of own that role for this offense. So, all right, let's move on. The next pick, also in the fifth round, one hundred and seventy second overall, the Lions take, and I think this was the other Darius Slay pick that we got. Right, so we got from the first pick, we got Jonah Jackson. Mm-hmm. This was Jason Huntley. Uh, on the top of everybody's radar at this point, uh, you got uh, New Mexico State University running back Jason Huntley. Um, this guy, this 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 adds a whole new. Di- this is so I've seen a lot of comps to Theo Riddick, uh, except he can run the ball too. He's sure. fast. He can catch the ball. With Theo, the problem was when he's on the field, you don't know if he's catching the ball or he's running the ball. So you take that same last formation I talked about, right? You got Hawkinson, you got Cephas, you got Marvin, you got. Um, uh, Galladay out there, and now you put Huntley in the back, the backfield. Are you running? Or are you passing? Right? Who knows? Yeah. Put, yeah. put put C- or put uh, Huntley in the other slot. Who knows? This guy is quick. He's a little guy. He's five eight, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is an absolute speedster. This guy brings uh, a dynamic that, like I said, is very much like a Theo Riddick. But on the other hand, he can do a lot of things well, not just kind of catch the ball well and, and, and doesn't give the play away by being on the field. Yeah. Um, and so like I just said uh, as a moment ago, 
uh, we didn't really have burners, but he could potentially be a burner. It's real hard to trust trust, excuse me, um, pro day times, but uh, I think he had a low time of four three four and also got clocked at four three seven, um, which was faster than any of the running backs at the combine. Again, it's hard to tough trust, excuse me, those pro day times, but nonetheless, it, it, it's pretty clear that he's a fast guy. He's also a special teams dude because he will immediately be in the conversation for punt and kick return. Um, and it, it is possible that this spells the end of a guy like Jamal Agnew. Yeah. Um, if, if he can prove that he's got ball security skills, just Jason Huntley does, it could very much prove the end of Jamal Agnew, who I, I think we all really liked and really wanted to succeed, but we just saw a few too many, uh, Stefan Logan moments. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's, that's really interesting. Now I, I can't remember is, is he is a returner, right? He can, he can return. Yeah. He does returns. Us. What about Cephas? Was he a guy that can do uh, returns for us as well? I, I don't we, know the answer I to that. I thought it was him. I thought we picked up two guys that can, uh, return. it's possible. It's Cephas so. does. It. I mean, sometimes you want the more methodical guy back there, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you, you also generally will typically go with one of your faster players just right. because as soon as a hole opens up, you, you can be gone. Go. You could be yep. gone. Yep. yep. And, yep. and Jason Hundley has done that in college. Yep. So, yep. Ooh, this just came up. Alexander D. These would be great camp battles to watch on hard knocks. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't know if that's happening this year. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't it be the year? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be such a lion's thing to have happen where this is the year that, we would get it and then it would be canceled. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm telling you there's going to be football this fall. I'm oh, I think so too. Football. I'm not sure exactly when, and I'm not sure exactly what the stipulations will be, but I'll be a little there at we, this point, obviously I'm not going to say hundred percent, but at this point I'll be a little bit surprised if we don't have most, if not all of a regular season, even if it's a little irregular in the way that it is brought to us. Well, here's the thing. And then this is, you know, they said, Hey, we're not going to open up the, uh, the league unless mm-hmm. all the States are open. Right. Well, if California, mm-hmm. for example, says we're not going to open um, and the NFL says, well, we're just going to do the games without fans at the games. We're going to rely solely on broadcast revenue. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be in California. They That's can, yeah. Very true. And I mean, other anywhere. other sports are talking about that, too. Yeah. Already. Yep. Baseball is heavy in that conversation right now. Yeah. So all of a sudden the home game doesn't matter. You you could set up the, the 49ers in, in Dallas or in San Antonio, right? You Nobody could, was going to Chargers games anyway. So. You, you could put them in test markets and set them up in a test market mm-hmm. and see how they play for the year and use it as a uh, as a kind of a reference piece, right? That'd be really, really interesting. And it would be very historical, too, something to definitely take note of. So um, mm-hmm. th- there will be camp. There may not be fans at it. There will be preseason. It may not be as long. There may not be fans at it. There will be an absolute se- season, but there may not be fans at it. And I will tell you that, uh, like we talked about in the broadcast, if people missed it, there's the, the, the ideas of fixed cost and variable cost, right? You've always got to pay the rent, whether you're open or not. Um, and there's a huge fixed cost to the NFL and, um, mm-hmm. and then there's a, 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 an opportunity cost of not doing it. People find other stuff to do to replace it their time with if, uh, if they don't play and they don't give a, put a product out there. Uh, the fact that they could at least earn the television revenue by having a season with no fans, they may lose a mo- lose money, but they're going to lose less money than had they not played the games. And yeah, for, for them, sure. the variable cost uh, addition is much less than the fixed fix cost loss with not having the season. So we will see football, I'm telling you this year, in one form or another, no matter how 
COVID comes back or not. So there you go. Um, really quick, I want to tell you, don't forget when you're uh, out doing your shopping in these times, nobody wants to go out and have human contact. I mean, I, that was me normally. I typically hate people, uh, but I I didn't want to ever go out shopping. So what did I do? I went to Amazon and I go to amazon.detroitlinespodcast.com. You're ordering your stuff. It's delivered free. Leave it on the porch for a day. Bring it on in. You know, it's, it's ready to go and you're good to go with it. Amazon.detroitlinespodcast.com. Get all your stuff there. Get yourself some, you know, you can't find toilet papers. There's, there's wipes and that's a great way to go. It's, it's a very um, a sophisticated way. Just don't put them down on the toilet. Unless they're flushable, right? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can you can go to a more sophisticated way. Uh, just head over to Amazon.DetroitLivesPodcast.com. I'm not going to go deep into that. But uh, that helps us out. They give us a kickback every time you buy something there. Uh, ball-headed Bezos doesn't need it. We do. It helps us do all these these shows that we do and, and that you guys love so much. And we thank you for your support. And that's a great way to do it by doing something you're going to do anyway. All right. Uh, Let's move on from Jason Huntley to a guy whose name has garnered the most attention of the players in this draft. And I'm kind of torn, right? Because I'm absolutely immature. I will forever be um, locked in at Sophomore. 12 years old. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if, we are. if my sense of humor was abused or something at 12 and it froze in, in developmental stage or what happened. But this is where I am, right? Um but I got. I want to respect this guy because he deserves the respect yeah. for all the hard work and everything he's done to get here. But he's got a funny name, really. I mean, yeah, he, does. 12, he does. Right? I mean, he I'm, does. I'm sorry. It's a funny I name. And I'm sure he's got it. I don't know. I, I don't want to find out in person that he's mad. Um, the guy's a defensive tackle, right? <laughs> I don't need mm-hmm. to meet an angry defensive tackle from the NFL. But uh, hopefully, he's got a sense of humor. It's uh, Big John Penasini. And uh, I said it right. That is not how I've been pronouncing it, right. by the way. Me either. <laughs> Me either. But I wanted to give him the respect. The I appreciate that. I'm not. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not trying to bully anyone, let alone somebody who could very easily break me in half. So <laughs> <laughs> why you pick on me then? <laughs> well, social distance, I can run away why. from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. John Penasini, University of uh, Utah. We call it Utah. Defensive tackle. Um, I think people thought it was a little bit later in the draft than they expected to see mm-hmm. a defensive lineman picked up. But Big John is here. Uh, overall pick 197. If we were to tell you on the Wednesday before the draft that the Detroit Lions weren't going to pick a defensive line. I guess we got Julian Acora third, so I guess we we can't say that, but that they weren't going to get a defensive tackle until the sixth round. I think people might might not be happy about that. (laughs) They might be freaking out and say it was a failure of a draft, but this is a good guy. This is a good guy who absolutely could make the team, not only because we have a dearth of talent here, and this is the one place where I don't feel like we have – the depth that we talked about at so many other positions, wide back, running back, you know, guard, cornerback, secondary kind of stuff. Um, defensive tackle here, the defensive line. I don't think we necessarily have the depth that we do with these other places. So I have a feeling that we're going to see Big John on the field this year for real. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not seeing him as the kind of guy that I would expect to blossom into a, you know, above average starter. He doesn't need to be as a sixth round pick. All he needs to do is contribute in any way, and it's a successful pick. Uh, he's if he's a rotation guy and he's the last guy in the rotation, but he gets a few snaps and is able, you know, make a couple tackles, uh, you know, it, it, and only allow a couple yards on a, on a you know a run up the middle or something like that. I mean, that's what you hope for out of a player like this, and I think he very much can do that. 
Um, he's he, coming out of college. You know, there's there's uh, some speculation that you know he more or less just beat up on guys who were physically lesser than him. Um, whereas uh, against stiffer competition, he was taken out of the game. And and I I think that's a valid. Uh, argument against him, um, you, you'd still hope to see some development and in, in hope he sticks around for two or three years and provides depth for the team. Uh, my hope, obviously, would be that he grows, but this is, this is not... Once you hit the sixth round and you send a player to me, all I'm looking for is anything they can give don's laughing with me open penis and he grows and that, that's the joke right there lactose and talent uh it does and when you pronounce it right it sounds italian but when you spell it and look at it you want to say something else and that's why it's 12 year old humor that's all i sent a lot of texts out right after i found out about that pick yeah, yeah. people who are not football fans but i thought would laugh along with me and i i, I yeah i and do i do feel bad and but. say you're expecting him to grow it's even funnier right i mean there's just mm-hmm. so much to work with there i like i said when the when we picked him the first thing i did is remind people that we had harry colon on the defense for a number of years mm-hmm. and the below the waist jokes are on the menu again so we'll try to be mm-hmm. as responsible and adultish as we can but there may be moments where we we regress and i apologize to everybody all right and then we round out the draft with the seventh round um we get ourselves another defensive tackle jashan cornell ohio state a lot of people i mean we're talking seventh round a lot of people like this i'll be perfectly honest of all the players we drafted and including some of the undrafted free agents he's i i know absolutely nothing about this guy so we'll come back with i'll I'll come back with a more in-depth thought on him at a later date but for the time being i know nothing here (laughs) yeah yeah oh so from everything i've seen so far uh liddell wesley has it right this guy's a threat Right. He is absolutely a threat to make the the uh, the roster and he could he he could, you know, he, he could do something for this team. He has to step up. He has to grow. It's something, um, you know, from a technique standpoint that we really hope to see out of him. Big guy, quick, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see what we get out of him. Uh, but overall, any one of these guys that we've drafted this year could find their, themselves playing for this team and has a realistic shot of playing for this team, which in itself makes this one hell of a draft. Mm-hmm. What is it on, on when you, and, and I'll say, what is it? It's like 2% chance of playing in the NFL. If you drafted in the seventh round, seventh round, it's right around it's, there. It's gotta be in that neighborhood. It's so, so low. And here we have a guy that looks like he has a real, real shot. And if you can draft like that, this is different than, um, the Landis pick in the sixth round, right? When we're looking at it and saying, hey, look, he's at the sixth round. I, I think it's like a 4% chance of playing the NFL. These are numbers I'm pulling out of, of memory from years ago, so they could be off. But it's such a small chance of playing in the NFL. And that's why it's like, hey, yeah, just take a, a gambler on Landis, right? Whatever. You got your long snapper taken care of. You're good to go. Uh, let's rock and roll with it. Where here, it's like, we didn't do that. We got guys that really have a shot of making this roster and really playing, and that really is great. This is a great move in the seventh round. This um, Huntley, these late round picks, the, the value and the the work and uh, that has gone into this uh, the research here by Quinn and the scouts is really starting to shine this year. Something we haven't seen in years past from these Lions, and and absolutely, I love. How, how this draft worked for this team and what Bob put in it. He talked about the value 
I call him Bob, you know, Mr. Quinn. Uh, we, the, the value he found at every round and, and the way to fill a need with that value at every round, uh, really, really stands out. And he, he spoke to the fact that he thinks maybe some of it has to, ha- has to have to do with him actually working at home, not spending as much time in the office, actually being able to see his family and having that kind of outlet and, and, and having the ability maybe not to just to breathe the own air the whole time says a lot. I think also about this draft. Normally you have all these folks in the room. Is it something where they talk themselves out of picks, right? Mm-hmm. You talk mm-hmm. about people making big mistakes in the draft, the, the trading for Trubisky and taking them over Mahomes and not having a first round pick since and Trubisky's career is effectively over at this point. Um, that's the kind of thinking that happens in a draft room that that messes a team up when you start getting into your own head, right? It seems by separating out like this, this may have helped this team. It is definitely something that they're going to have to analyze and do like a post-mortem on and think about, hey, uh, what lessons learned here? What can we do better in the future? And how can we leverage what we did here and and be even better with it in the future? But this, if this is the, the new level of old Detroit Lions draft, sign me the F up. This is really, really good. Well, and I think it worked both to our advantage and our disadvantage. I think it helped Bob Quinn make some really solid picks. I also think it worked to our disadvantage in terms of the trade down situation, because I think under most situations, we would have been able to see the continued uh, groupthink hype around quarterbacks rise to the top and the absolute must, 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 we must go get the guy because everybody else in the NFL is trying to get that guy and we're going to panic. I don't think that panic existed as much this year for teams. Yeah. Except for the Packers. Yeah. And we were really worried. <laughs> we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. Um, a lot of people are asking for that. Um, the the first round and then the second and third round shows to be put onto the podcast. We will do that. Um, it's Like I said, it's 10 hours of broadcasting um, that we have to. I'll, I'll edit it up and chop it up. It probably won't do a whole lot of editing on it. But um, we'll, it, it takes a little while to get all that together. But we'll have it on. It'll be after this show. But before our next show, we'll have it out there for you. Um, and then to the point, um, I've gotten a lot of feedback on my reaction to the Jordan Love pick. Yeah, it I, happened. Yeah. It happened at just the right time, man. I I had a number right uh, of of drinks at that point. Everything just lined up perfect, and then the Packers actually went and 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 picked up, traded up to pick Jordan Love, and and the 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 tears in the Packers subreddit, Packers fans on Twitter, everywhere you look. It's just so great. This could, this signals that crack, right? You hear, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We got to get to, you know, you know, it's honestly disappointing. There's, I'm usually surrounded in my regular life by a fair number of Packer fans. I mean, it's, it's, you know, 75% or more Vikings fans, but there's usually a fair number of Packers fans around. And I've literally only talked to one Packer fan in person since, and he doesn't follow it closely enough for me to really be able to rub it in. Yeah. And it, that is, that is, that, that's really too bad. Like, <laughs> I really could have gotten a lot out of this, man. I could have gotten a whole lot of mileage out of this that, that I had to leave on the table because of the corona. God damn you, you virus. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That's um, that's tough. But hey, this, this is going to this is one of those ones that keeps keeps giving for a long, long period. I of hope time. so. I hope so. This is really this is great. Um, and then. They went with a running back in the second round. <laughs> they they just kept failing, swinging a miss, swinging a miss. And now you're hearing about uh, the Lafleur and Rodgers rift. I hope so much that this is true. This could be, if this is what topples the, the Packer regime, 
I, I couldn't have, have picked a better way. I really couldn't yeah. love ruins the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the, it'll be Roger's epitaph. Yeah. Ruined by love. Yeah. Oh God. So we will do a draft around the division next week. We'll do an analysis on how the others in the yeah. NFC North did and, and give you feedback. Um, just, you got to give me some time to yeah, yeah, dig yeah, in yeah, on yeah. that stuff. So, and uh, just a, 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 I think a quick, um, a quick kind of peek. The the Vikings did really good again too. They get a gold star on their draft. I can't. Believe Many are calling that the best. Yeah, yeah, that's um, draft in the league. So I mean, it's hard to fail miserably when you have that many picks. Um, but they and and, and like I like I said picks, like though. I said go like I said going in we draft grades are about the most useless thing. Um, but it's not hard not to look at what they did and see that they added both quality players and at positions of need. So. Yep. All right, so that's the draft. We'll get to the UDFA here in one second. I, I think we covered the, the what we wanted to cover on the Green Bay draft anyway. So <laughs> pound pound sand there, Green Bay, you deserve it. Um, this could oh, that reversion to the mean, the 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 idiocy that they had in the eighties. Seeing that for another three decades out of Green Bay would be just the the sweetest, not quite as good as a Lions Super Bowl, but the the second best feeling of victory ever um really quick all these guys are now on the team they're picking numbers they're getting all that together you want to pick up a jersey uh i know i have a couple favorites on the field there uh head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com pick the jersey they're going to be up and out the second those numbers are out there and all the rest of your lions and tigers and wings and any other uh memorabilia that you'd like to get uh they give us a kickback so it's a great way to help support the show fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com thank you all for for using that link to to get your uh, your merchandise we really really appreciate it all right the udfas we're going to go into this we're not going to do a super deep dive we're going to do a top level skim on this um risden was supposed to be here today he like i said earlier in the show he got uh waylaid shanghai thrown in a corner whatever his family for some reason <laughs> spending all this time with him wanted to spend more time with him and, and roped him down so um how dare they yeah yeah family family second you know that uh football is family get away from the people that live with you um so we're just gonna hit this really quick and and, and give you some thoughts on some of these and i think we got some good some good pieces that we'll talk about we're not going to cover every player uh but next week we will absolutely go in depth uh james we did talk about cephas for a bit um it, overall we're feeling really really good about him and what he has the the possibility to do um case you're being told by don you have a week. Put the hours in. Get this damn around the division draft thing done. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Man, it, okay. I'm still working. I'm not unemployed, and I got a new girlfriend. Give me a give me a, a little bit of slack. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. But you're not going to trade the podcast for love. Well, I, I mean, I think I kind of did already, didn't I? <laughs> Get it done. All right, let's start off with. Um, the first one, this is this is odd because we have a guy that absolutely could make the roster who's in uh, a UDFA who I'm I'm actually pretty certain will make the the roster <laughs> and it's unexpected and I'm not I'm not rooting for him over anyone else. I just know that it's a point where there's a point where you, you have to replace uh, somebody when they're in their 60s playing in the NFL. Uh, Don Muleback, love the guy to death. Absolutely love everything he's done, given to this team and, and, and helped the team with. He is aged. Right? He's up there. He's he's not been a problem. He's, there's nothing wrong no. with him. No. But, but you also don't want something, right? And we picked up Stephen Wirtel from Iowa State, long snapper. Hasn't missed a snap since high school. 
In high school, he didn't miss a snap. In college, he didn't miss a snap. Looks obviously like he could be the long snapper of the future for this team. Not running Mule back out. Not running him out at all. Please don't get the wrong, no, wrong no, no, idea. No, I love no. the guy. No, no. But to be able to get someone who seems this good and this young and long, line him up for a long time at a lower rate, it just feels like... We also, yeah. I was about to say, do. we probably have the highest percentage of our cap in the league <laughs> put into our long snapper. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'd have to double check that. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But it's got to be it's got to be right up there. Yeah, like, and I feel like Mule could come back as a, as like a special teams coach or advisor. Oh, yeah. Have, have oh, that'd be awesome. Team, right? It's also, I mean, the timing of it now makes sense just because you're changing punters right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, if you're going to, if you're going to switch it up, switch it up at the same time so that those two guys come up at the same time. And you know, Don, God, Don is on fire today. Um, He's like, hey, Mulebeck's probably like, finally, someone to replace me. There could be a sense of, for him, look, like it's not, I don't want to say it's not super hard work, but as a long snapper, right, it's, you, you, you get a limited role. It's a specialist role. You do what you do. He's good at it. It's something you can do as you get older. He probably does have a sense of attachment to the team and a sense of duty. It may be that he's like, yeah. I'll, you guys just find someone for me. I'll keep doing this until you do. And that's that. There could be. We, you know, we, we'll have to ask him about that. It would be amazing if Muleback came out after the fact and just totally burned the burned the organization down oh, or something. Imagine oh, that. Man. <laughs> if he did, I'd like you to say, I've been telling these guys since before Landis that I wanted out, but they just couldn't get anybody in. I had to come back. That's the kind of burn that I want. I don't want, I don't want the slaver out of Mule. <laughs> So that's that. Um, so it looks like oddly, uh, we have a guy as an undrafted free agent who almost has a lock on a roster position. That's that's pretty good work, right? Even though yeah. it is a long snap, but that's pretty good work yeah. for Mister Quinn. Um, next one is a tight end. I think you're more familiar with him than I am. I I haven't done any work on the UDFAs. I, I'll tell you guys on Saturday. I uh, we we did the show or we did the show was it Thursday night Friday night on Saturday. I watched the draft all day. Um, but I was mental gush mush, man. Ten hours of doing that just takes a lot out of you. I was I just was like drooling on myself watching the draft. Couldn't think of anything. And even Sunday I was still beat down. I'm 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 then back to work this week. I'm just not quite recovered yet. So I didn't do a whole lot of film work on on him. What can you tell us about Hunter Bryant, tight end out of Washington case? Okay, let me start off with this. Uh Lance Zerline, regardless of how you feel about him made his NFL comparison to Jordan Reed. Um, (laughs) He was projected as a fourth or fifth round pick. Right. And ended up a UDFA. And for all, all we know, as far as, as fans are concerned and, and media is concerned for that point, nobody seems to fully understand why he fell as far as he did. Other than there's some uh, medical uh, questions about his knee, but, that doesn't really seem to have affected him um, in terms of pre-draft related things. So uh, I think a lot of people speculating that it was just teams, you know, getting the jitters and they just didn't have enough time to do their research on him. um, The medicals to visit him and see, right? Right, exactly. So it's, it's certainly a situation where maybe it's worse than we know. Maybe it is. Um, But it doesn't sound like anybody really knows. It it really doesn't sound like anybody has any idea whether or not um, he's, he's going to be limited. Some had him 
PFF included, you know, take that uh, once again, however you choose to take that as the number one tight end in the draft. Um, Very impressive in several areas. I haven't watched a lot of film on him, but I did watch his highlights. And the one thing that happened in his highlights that was shocking was how frequently he ended up completely wide open. And I'll have to go back and take a better look because I'm not sure if he ended up completely wide open because of things he did or because other teams just messed up. Um, if, if I go back and it looks like he ended up wide open because he was running routes that were so stellar that they confused people or that he knew exactly where to put himself in zone defense or things of that nature. Like this could be, you know, really fantastic. He certainly has a solid athletic profile Mm -hmm. uh, for a tight end. And he, and he uh, had no issues that I saw in, in what I looked at from him in terms of uh, drop passes or anything like that. He doesn't, he's not necessarily a, a likely to be an inline blocker at any time. But uh, I've also heard some say that maybe that that is certainly something he grows into. So a lot of people were very, very surprised that he dropped out of the draft. And for many that I also saw, he was the number one rated UDFA. The number one rated UDFA across all positions. Yeah, and and in a market where the bears had really soaked up all the tight ends. You would right. think the value would go higher. Right. So. I, I, that it, it is a surprise that, that they didn't go after him. I don't, once again, uh, you know, hopefully their, their mistake is our, you know, benefit. But. So here's the thing. Um, and Mac Robinson, how you doing Mac? He's, uh, he met him the first time down at the senior bowl. The, the first year we went, good to see him. Um, Here's a good question. How do you feel about Hunter Bryant's likelihood to make the team? And this is the thing where you look at a guy that's a fourth or fifth round projection, but maybe there's a question about him medically. Mm-hmm. The the thing where he has to make the, the the team, I think, is is he has to beat Jesse James, right? And then with Jesse James, you have de- a lot of dead cat money. So there's there's a big hump to kind of overcome. There's a mental um, fight that you have to fight there. But after this draft, when you line up the salary cap, the Lions are like second or third best in the league on salary cap at like twenty nine and a half million dollars remaining. This is if you're gonna do it, whatever, do it right. This is this is the time where a guy like that could make the team. So everything I mean, is lined up in his favor. If he perform performs, he could absolutely make this team. I think. I mean, I mean, I think we at least keep three tight ends. I think Nada has a better high, uh, up top end than uh, Jesse James, though. Based oh, on maybe. Jesse last year. Maybe. Based on Jesse last year. We'll see. Jesse James, look, that's one of the things. Last year was such an anomaly. I don't know that we saw the real Jesse James. Maybe I'm not we sure did. we did either. I'm maybe not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. I, I, and I know, like, I, I've, I've already eaten uh, my crow on, on the hype that I brought in on him. Uh, but I'm, not, I'm still not quite convinced he can't bounce back after, after a down year. Um, but, yeah, no, I, and you might be right about Nada. It's. I mean, it is not out of the question. It's not unheard of for teams to keep four tight ends either. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think too though to, to contend with. So it's going to be. No, I agree with that. Out. I definitely agree with that too. Um, I don't think that uh, he's the kind of guy that would make it to the practice squad if he's if he's healthy and if he is able to do things in the preseason. I think a lot of other teams would still look at him as a guy that as long as he was out there doing the, you know, allotted activities, 
and they saw that he was healthy, they would say, well, no, we're, we're going to, we're going to take our flyer on him now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he is definitely not a guy. He's, he's either a roster or somewhere else kind of guy to me. I don't think he's going to be a practice squad guy. Then again, though, that may be the place where you put him, right? To see how well, I think they try. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see I just don't he think he'll out. make it. I think somebody else would roster him. I don't know. I think the rules have changed on that. Haven't if they? he's healthy. If he's healthy. Haven't the new CBA rules changed a bit on rostering on the practice squad? That you can't take guys off other teams' practice think, squads? I, I don't remember hearing that. There's a couple slots that they can put in. I, I don't remember. I, oh, maybe. Is, maybe. There's a couple slots that they can go directly without him. That might be. That I, might I, be. I, have to, I have to reread and remember. It's I'm working from memory. It may have been just a, a proposal along the way. So we'll, we'll see that. That might be. Um, I want to really hit on the Senior Bowl stuff, right? Because there's a little... We, 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 this is one of the things, you know, draft season kind of starts. I mean, you get stuff that happens during the season, but it really, really starts the Shrine Bowl, formerly the Shrine game, goes through Senior Bowl, Combine, to the draft itself. And we talk about all these things. So I want to just look back to the Senior Bowl uh, and our time there and the the idea that these coaches and, and um, uh, scouts and Bob Quinn and the rest of them got an opportunity to see these players, to coach these players directly and interact with these players directly on, on, a, on a, a very in-depth basis and got a lot more time than other people and how much that really changed things, especially when you think about other teams <laughs> didn't get to do that, right? And, and with the, with the, when the COVID hit, it prevented teams from doing those visits and they didn't get to do them except virtually. So what kind of a benefit was that and how did that affect the draft? Before I get to that, I got to say, hey, thanks, Ed. Ed just hit us with a super chat for five bones. Thanks, brother. Um, I will get your, your, your question Ed, very very shortly, but let me let me finish this point. And we'll we'll get to you, okay? But thanks a ton for that super chat. I wanted to point you out and thank thank you. So in the in the draft itself, we got a third rounder, the second third rounder, and a fourth rounder. Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg, two guards from the Senior Bowl. One we coached, one was on the other team. Okay, uh, from there we took two guys in uh, as UDFA's Wirtel who we did coach as a long snapper and Jalen, Jalen Elliott from Notre Dame as a safety. Interestingly. So those UDFAs we took, but there's a whole lot of guys that were not senior bowl guys here, which I find really, really interesting. Maybe the senior bowl wound up being an opportunity to filter people out more than filter people in for this, 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 uh, this coaching staff, something definitely want to ask them. We're working on doing some, getting some interview stuff together. We'll, we'll let you know more on that, but I think that's, that's an interesting, uh, take so many times you hear about teams that pick players because of their experience with them at the senior bowl. Is it also, is the converse also true? Is it an opportunity to filter out players based on what you saw at the senior bowl? Interesting stuff. KJ Hill's one of those guys that we could have absolutely taken. I think we got guys who were probably better value than KJ at the time. Um, so I'm, I'm not really hurt about that, but I, I really wanted KJ on this team because I think he was a, he was a, he'd be a monster in the slot. We'll see him in the Chargers next year, and we'll see how he does, but he looks like he's going to be a heck of a thing. Okay, um, anything you want to hit on that case before nope. I hit Ed's question? Okay, Ed wants to know if Bevel should run more three TE sets to complement the new run game we should have with the new offensive guard. And I'm going to start off just with the, the, the Quintez Cephas piece on this. Uh, Ed, and I'll, then I'll let Case run into it. I don't think you need three TE sets because Quintez is a hell of a blocker. He is, he's a really, really good blocker. So you could put a slot receiver out there who can accomplish the same as a tight end 
and and uh, kind of, if you will, fool the defense more into thinking pass than they're thinking run when you have a three TE set. I think the the short yardage and and the run game is really really going to benefit from what we have picked up on the on the line and getting a a guy who can block in the slot like that. I think that's really really going to help this team. Uh, go ahead, Case. You can uh, weigh in from there if you want. I mean, it all depends. What exactly do you mean by three TEs? Do you mean like all three guys on the line? Do you mean two guys on the line, one split off? Do you mean one guy in a, as an H-back? Do you mean like... It's, it's tricky. I don't think that we put our best personnel on the field by putting those all those tight ends out there and leaving some of our other better players on the sideline. Um, and uh, I'm not saying you can't run a trick play or something like that. I'm game for that. And I hope that he does that, you know, occasionally. Um, I just don't think that would be any kind of set that you would see in any kind of regularity. That would be like maybe a couple times a season type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Bolden, Don, they used Bolden essentially as a tight end when he was there with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his role. And, and, and he excelled. It was, it was definitely like a mix of a slot tight end yeah. situation so yeah. yeah no i agree with that though which the see is, is going to be interesting it's going to be interesting if he looks like he can hold the ball he's made some pretty amazing catches we've seen some real mm-hmm. acrobatic catches out of this guy watching the film um this is one this is this is one of those surprise bob quinn picks i think that uh could really really pan out well and um again the reaction solely to his 40 time uh well it can't well if he's an outside receiver I think your 40 time is absolutely massively important. If you're a cornerback, I think your 40 time is absolutely massively important. Tease Tabor. Uh, I think, though, when you're looking at a slot receiver like this and you're looking at a guy who can who gets open by um, using his body and his movement to get open versus strict speed. I think you've got a really capable player here in uh, Quintez Cephas. So this is, this is interesting. I like I like the thinking in this. And it's uh, a lot of teams, I think, might have just filtered him out. Uh, straight off that 40, not thinking it through a lot as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not tease. He's not tease. I'm just making a making an example there. Also, I would I would be much in general, I would much rather have a wide receiver who is slow, but a good like possession receiver than a cornerback who's slow because you can you can run that wide receiver against anybody and still play to their strength. You can't run a guy like T's Tabor against a fast receiver and play to his strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question from Steve O in the chat. Uh, is there a trade market for Agnew? If we choose to go with Huntley, I mm. unfortunately don't think there is. I, I, especially coming off an injury. I don't think he's done enough. You, you might get like a conditional seventh or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Dylan, thank you so much. You've uh, brought us to a great a uh, segue, as they call it in the business. Uh, <laughs> the question is, what are the Lions going to do with all the cap room? And this is something we started <clears throat> thinking about with the second round pick of a running back when we were still kind of stunned in that that stunned kind of we took a running back here. What, what This is not at all how this was supposed to go. This was different than what, what we had. Um, I'll never, I mean, I'll never forget Riz, Sam, and I were just kind of Mm-hmm. Flummox, right? You saw it, right? It was I just saw like, it. stunning. Um, so, what are we going to do with this cap room? I I think that Jadavian Clowney is on the menu. 
<laughs> I, I think he, he's a, he's a possibility. We we have needs on the line. I think he could add, you know, kind of a, in a sort of a DT role for us. Uh, he could add some help. I don't necessarily. Maybe he, he he'll play the edge. I know that's his 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 typical, but he can kind of flip either way. Um, he he may bring a lot to this team. Um, I don't want to say you can throw money away because you got so much. That's not a Bob Quinn thing to do. But by the same token, we got money to spend and we got a serious need. Um, it, it just may be the time where you can get a guy on, uh, get a good couple of years out of him and, and use him to fill, kind of fill that role uh, until you, you can get around to it the next next year in the draft. And that's one of the things that is essentially true for so many teams. You can't build and <clears throat> fill all of your needs through the draft every year. Yeah, no, you can't. Some you have and to put we off. talked about that. And, and next year, wide receiver is going to be an absolute need, an absolute need for this team. And uh, defensive line is going to be as well. So um, the cap room, I think it's going, whether it's clowny or not, I think the cap room with the cap money is going to uh, the defensive side of the ball, that defensive line. And there's a couple of guys on the defensive. There's Golden also out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Golden. And we saw the Lions and the Giants are the two teams in in negotiations with Golden as as an opportunity, so so I mean it's it's a possibility, but I also won't be in the least bit surprised if they don't touch that money until an unexpected need arises. Yeah, well, they have an expected need right now, so <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they have edge players. They may not be the greatest edge players in the world, but they have edge players. Yep, yep. Uh, any thought? And, and there is great Steve-O. There's um, Galladay extension that would be on the table. We could get that done. Uh, and and front-load it. Yep, exactly. I, I'm still I'm still on the fence on that particular one just because I'm not convinced that Bob Quinn will do it. But it, it would be a good usage of a little bit of extra space now where we don't have to worry about him as much later. Yep. So... Yep, yep. What do you? How do you feel about uh, Everson Griffin, Keith? Mm. I don't trust him. I think he's a really super talented player, but I just don't trust his longevity um, as a player. There you go. All right, I think that covers everything, Case. We did a good job. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we did a good job, but the 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 folks in the chat did a great job. <laughs> hey, well, that's something. Yeah, at least we bring the right people together. That's that's part of you know building a good team. All right, folks, we're going to call it a show. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, next week we're going to take you, Case is going to take you around the division on the draft. And yes, the Decker extension, sorry, is is also out there as a possibility this year is something that we need to do. Um, he's going to take you around the division on the draft, so we'll get into that. We'll have the Riz. We're going to go deeper on the UDFAs. And uh, there will obviously be more news between now and then about the Lions that we will cover for you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Also, remember, we need your involvement. Use the comments and sorry about it. Give us your feedback. We appreciate when you do this. Throw up vote our way every now and then that's that's kind of way to go too also don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast check us out on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast instagram detroit lions podcast and on the twitter machine at det lions podcast det lions podcast the very best place to see case with no pants on. That's right. Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. And we'll come into your little house automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, 
No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Touching me, touching you. 